Hey everybody, Superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Loveline, episode 511, from September 14th, 1997. No guest tonight, just the love between the two hosts. A Sunday night show. They have some technical difficulties right up top, and Adam talks about his three-person fan club he met in San Jose. Rolling Stone published an article calling Adam a sidekick DJ, and Adam says Dr. Drew was attracted to Fiona Apple. She'll be on the show later this week, along with Insane Clown Posse. And this episode is a surprise phone or cameo from a frequent guest. As per usual, it was recorded in 1997. Some of the medical information may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Cathwood on Current Day Loveline, 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One, on Facebook, Podcast One there as well, and PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo and get on. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. <sighs> Two. Welcome. With Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Would you sleep with sick women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. You're gonna ride you you can't stand up. Come on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on. Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. Yes. It is us. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191. Fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla. That is the good doctor. Dr. Drew is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. Tonight, our guest is the love that the two hosts find between them. Sugar Ray will be in tomorrow night. Now I'm seeing question marks by Sugar Ray's name. Maybe, maybe not. Right. We saw him last night. Or was it the night before? No, it was no, last, last night. night. Yeah. Yes, at uh, the fabulous KOME. Camp came on me in uh, San Jose, and uh, Insane Clown Posse, who we haven't seen in a while. Is there something going on with your mic yes, or headphones? Yes, it is. Beautiful. Here we go. <laughs> I've done enough material on Westwood, too. I'm, I'm done. I'm waiting. As a matter of fact, I'm going to look up. I, I, I swear to God, there's going to be a bucket of goat urine or an <laughs> anvil or something. Have, do they have no pride at all here at Westwood One, Engineer Mike, or do they not hear my tirades, like or what is it? What? You keep picking up your microphone. No, no, no. No, it was not that. It was not that. It was something else. Because our headphones did No, I wasn't things. touching anything. Bo- both headphones did weird things simultaneously. Mike is a genius, by the way, when he rushes to the defense of Westwood <laughs> One, because when I say... Re- remember when they were just blowing uh, hickory smoke into the studio, and it would be about 115 degrees in here? Yes. And I'd say... I'd say to Mike during uh, during the commercials, Jesus Christ, how are we supposed to work in here? It's 115 degrees. I'm sweating in front of the gas. It's humiliating. He'd say, well, you guys got the lights turned on in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we know in all, all, uh, all businesses throughout the Southland, they have the lights turned off during the day. Otherwise, uh, I mean, no guarantees. Any, any professional HVAC man will tell you that, Drew. Uh, sure, it's going to work, but uh, not with the lights. No on. guarantees if you're going to if you want to work by light. So uh, I'm just trying to protect my stock price. And here's uh, so when when uh, when we get some feedback, Mike goes, "Well, you you keep touching the microphone." Oh. <laughs> All right, 
All right, yeah, Drew slammed the door pretty hard earlier, so uh, some of the tubes may have shooken loose, Mike. Uh, that could be your next excuse. All right, uh, where the hell were we? Producer uh, Ann is uh, yeah, out doing gone. her thing tonight. We, uh, and, uh, we yes, the insane up. clown posse right. will be in here on Tuesday, and Fiona Apple, who we got to see last night as well. Although her manager gave me a little kind of question mark, too, i got to tell you. Oh, really? Said, I think we'll be seeing you on Thursday. I thought, well, I, I thought we'll be seeing you on Thursday. And Fiona gave me the, hey, this is the first I've heard of it. Oh, is that right? Actually, See. it was the second she'd heard of it because she said she heard it the night before. She was delightful to my kids, though, so she got big, big marks for that. Yes, we we brought Fiona out on stage in uh, San Jose at the, um, what's that place called? The Shoreline Amphitheater. Yeah. And uh, big crowd. They loved the hell out of Fiona. And we're standing backstage with her. And she was wearing this um, sort of midriff shirt. And she had these uh, stars stuck to her belly. Little stars, like you'd get stuck to your paper if you did a good job in school. No, but they were, they were hanging off a wire that she had, like, sort of like a Christmas tree or, you know, wrap. Right. Yeah. And she pulled one off and uh, gave it to a young Paulina, mm-hmm. one of Drew's uh, three triplets, and uh, Paulina ate it. And took a but picture it, with her. But it meant a lot to her. And now, and now she's like, oh, Fiona, I want to play the piano, Fiona. Hey, that's my line. <laughs> Then, uh, then I brought. Then when we went out on stage to bring out Fiona, we brought the triplets with us in front of twenty thousand people, and they just stood there. And I introduced them as Hanson, and the crowd started booing. And I think the kids were traumatized. <laughs> That's going to be another six months of therapy. All right. And then when we tried I'll, I'll to leave, uh, Jordan wouldn't get off no, it was stage. Douglas. Douglas oh, it was Douglas, Douglas was stuck there? We had to get that uh, that hook they use at night at the uh, Apollo. Yes. Oh boy. A ham, just like, uh, look at it. Uh, boy, uh, nature or nurture? So funny. He he must get that ham from uh, Susan's side of the family yeah. because I can barely get you to talk into a microphone, and he won't leave the stage. Yep. All right, so a uh, little quick business. We had a great time in San Jose last weekend, or uh, yesterday, I should say, and a couple of things to attend to. First, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know I had one, but there's an Adam Carolla fan club. No. Oh, yeah. We met yes. those girls. Right. Three of them. I quickly dismissed that from my memory bank. Did you see those shirts they yes, had? Yes, Mahalo yes. and yes. Rakakulis and uh, the treasurer was there, the vice president and the president. But those were the only people. That's, ma- that's the entire club. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if that's a fan club because there's no fans. There's just act- there's employees. Just a club. There's just people <laughs> on my payroll. <laughs> So I told my one of them to uh, double the number by that time next year and give me six in the Adam Carolla fan club. Also, I want to address something real fast uh, that was on uh, Rolling Stone magazine did a article on Love Phones, which is basically a ripoff of this show and is uh, working on some of the markets that we're not in. And there's one line in this thing. So they do an interview with uh, the general phenomenon of love advice and all that. I, by the way, get lumped in as the sidekick. Again? Yeah, there's a line in here. I'll find it in a second. But uh, one of the things I would like to clear up is, uh, let's see. Here's the line. Um, uh, All three shows are wildly popular. I don't know what the other show is, by the way. Maybe they mean uh, MTV's Love Line and uh, the, t- and the yeah. radio. I don't know. The problem is each is so defensive when the other's mentioned that Love Line, or Love Lines, as they would say, two words, decline to be interviewed side by side with Love Phones. Totally did they, untrue. Did they contact you? Absolutely not. And? No. no they no, didn't contact anybody. Right. How do you decline something that way? Right. 
Oh, and let me tell you something about uh, things you read. And this, by the way, is why I never read. Let this be a lesson to uh, young kids that are growing up thinking about reading. It's all misinformation. So is the TV, though. My name is misspelt in every article I've read it in. The information is always screwed up. The dates are screwed up. And uh, some of them are just out-and-out lies. Like, uh, so you would read this and you'd go, well, Rolling Stone tried to, con- they contacted Loveline, but those pussies didn't want to, didn't want an interview. Absolutely not. This is the first we heard of it. Nobody contacted anybody from Loveline and it's recalculous. And if uh, there's uh, somebody from Rolling Stone that wants to come on and talk about this, we'd be more than glad to speak to them about it. The only thing I could think of is that they contacted somebody over in the TV department uh, and they didn't get back to them or something like that. Could be. Could be. But uh, nobody contacted me and or Drew or producer Ann from the Loveline radio show. And um, I'll find the sidekick part uh, as I get to it. All right. All right. So you ready to go? Let's go. All right. You talk to them and I'll find the sidekick line. All Deanna. Hi. Hey. Or Dina. Deanna. All right. Oh, we, oh we, wait, yeah, hold yeah. on a second. <laughs> Drew and I got 10 minutes to do here on names. <laughs> Jeez, I should have written down some of those, yeah, Drew. I swear yeah. to God. All right, we'll tell them what we're talking about here. Drew and I, yesterday at Camp KOME, they had a tent set up for us, and it was great. There was a ton of people that came out. Uh, we signed autographs for many an hour and signed hundreds over the course least, of, of, the, uh, yeah. of the day. And everybody, obviously, when you sign your little uh, autograph picture, tells you their name. And then they tell you how to spell their name, uh, Stacy, S-T-A-S-E-E. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> that is... Amy, A-I-M-E-E. Right. Right. Now, okay. here's the message. Uh, Karen, B-I-L-L. I mean, it, it got that bizarre. <laughs> right. And we're just sitting there dumbfounded because, you, you know, you got a line that is going around the block and you're trying to power through these things. So, obviously, when someone says their name is Susan... Or uh, a guy's name is Brett. That, that could be an S O O S I N, Susan. Right. When uh, a, really? When a guy, incredible. When a guy says his name is Joe, you just start writing J O E. Yes. Joe. Except for it's J O W. <laughs> and the guy's pissed off now. Yes. Everybody has a thing about All it. All right. Too. Here's my whole thing with everybody in these names get over it. Screw you. Screw it's, you. It's, uh, Wor- it's, listen, it's, names should be like words. Yeah. Stop is S-T-O-P. That's it. That's stop. That's it. Right. That's it. My Wh- sister tried to do this crap. Really? You know, my sister's name is Lauren. L-A-U-R-E-N. About uh, 22, 23. I, I she think decided, I saw 14 spellings of that yesterday. She decided really? to go with L-A-U-R-Y-N. Right. I said, uh, uh, hold on, sis. I'm not, I'll have none of this nonsense. It's L-A-U-R-E-N. That's that. Just because you decided you needed to buy a vowel or a consonant at some point in your life to verify some, you know, there's something in you that's missing. I, but Let's not screw everyone else with the name. But I think the parents did this mostly. These, these I think folks. half the kids are screwing with their own names and half of it is uh, drugged out parents. Oh, it really is shocking. Listen, there's one spelling for every name. That's it. Lisa is spelled Lisa. Sherry is Sherry, Adam is Adam, and Drew is Drew. That's it. It's not open for interpretation. Let's just decide on it and 
stick to one one this is the only way we can get along society's going to crumble otherwise <laughs> it really were i mean imagine if people just took everyday words and spelled them. this is like uh, ebonics brought to uh people it's personalized ebonics i'll have none of it i i, I don't know how many offended uh, people i told listen no lisa's l-i-s-a that's it there's no why in there there just isn't tough you don't want the autograph go home all right, so uh, that's it. There's one spelling. New policy here on Loveline if we sign anything. And another thing. My name, my last name is C-A-R. C-A-R. Cuh. Hold on. Cuh, Drew. I got it. Carola, not C-O-R. Everybody spells it C-O-R because they're thinking about the car or they're off on their own planet. I don't know what they're doing. But I've been screwed by this so many times now, and I never cared. Hell, people would call me Alan or Andy. I, never, I wouldn't no, care. Nobody ever bothered with your last name. No one bothered with yeah. my last or, name before, but when they did, it was or, on a parking or, or, ticket or, or, or something. Right, no one ever asked for you. Right, but now we're traveling around, and I'm getting checked into hotels as C-O-R, and people are trying to find me at C-A-R, and they're saying he's not listed. There's nobody here by that name. I I lost my briefcase in New York. They tried to return it to that dump, the Lowe's. They wouldn't take it. They sent the guy back because they couldn't find the name in the hotel register. It's a disaster. It's C-A-R. That's it. Please. Jesus Christ, I read articles where it's C-A-R in one part of the article, and then it goes to C-O-R. Oh. And like I said, I really don't care unless it has some sort of tangible effect, but now it does. Yeah. I'm starting to get screwed over by yeah. stuff, especially idiots at hotels. All right. Well, where was right, it? Line six. <sighs> the name. That's right. Sorry, Deanna. Or oh. Dina. Or Dina. Or... Okay, well, you can call me whatever you want. Uh, okay. What are you? Deanna. Deanna. Okay. Okay, but anyway, I'm 18 years old, and I've never had a boyfriend before. I've never kissed anybody or anything. And like... Just, like, um, I've had opportunities, sort of, but it's, like, I always back out because I'm, like, the idea of, say, giving somebody an erection totally repulses me. Mm -mm. And I'm just wondering, like, what does mm -mm. that mean? Well, you tell us. What? Well, I'm not sure, though. I mean, does that mean that, like, there's something wrong with me or... Um, not necessarily. I mean, something, something's going on with him. There's some reason for it, but it doesn't Yeah, I was just also wondering, like, what you would guess about it. Like, if you were going to gamble or something. Uh, we were getting pretty close <laughs> to gambling about the being repulsed by erections part. Yeah. I mean, just, like, penises in general gross me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so. what, what would you bet if you were gambling? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if I was gambling on me and I didn't know me. Yeah. Uh, I bet I had a bad experience with some kind of penis or something. I don't can, know. Can you have a bunch of brothers? Um, I have one, but he's younger than me, and I never had a bad experience with him. Where's your dad? My dad? Yeah, dad. Where is he? He's sleeping. He that everything's going okay there. Oh, my dad's cool. Yeah, he's just really strict. Does your mo oh really? Yeah. How strict? Like I can't say get calls past nine thirty. Does Sorry. is he is he scare you? My dad? Mm -hmm. Not really. He just he's, I mean he's okay. I know he's just trying to be a good parent. But he doesn't get real angry and hostile and no, frighten you. No, he's, he's never like hit me or anything. Does your mom give you any ill feelings, bad feelings about men? Oh my. My mom is totally nuts. She lives in England. Ah. What's going on there? Uh, well, she left, like, two years ago. Yeah. To do what? To, um, go off and live with some guy, I guess. Hmm. What's going on there? Uh, no, hold on. Like... Hold on a second. Okay. My mom lives in England. Oh, yeah. What's going on there? She left two <laughs> years ago. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. So why, what's wrong with her? She's living with a guy in England. She said she's totally nuts. What does that okay. mean? Okay. Well, she's like schizophrenic and stuff. Is okay. she schizophrenic? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I'd say. 
Well, no, I, I, you're not being a psychiatrist at all. No, uh, no, I, I've studied psychology. I, I understand that, but yeah. uh, I, I wouldn't make a diagnosis of schizophrenia. No, she's like been told. I've been people. Other people have told me that about her. Well, she may be using schizophrenic like I use gay. Right. Like, hey, that's so gay. Come on. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know I don't like so I'm Was glad she, she's gone. Maybe, maybe bipolar or something like that. Man, well, that too. All right. So you don't like your mom. Right. You're scared of your dad's penis a little bit. Oh, well, no. Not my dad. <laughs> well, you know, he's attached to his penis. Well, he is, but I, I never had any bad experience with my dad's penis. Mm. I never, I've never even seen it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we can't quite... There doesn't seem to be, any, to be any general issue here that we can kind of tap into easily. Okay. Obviously, there's some stuff going on with your mom. Okay. You, you, well, you know, at the ver- oh, I used to have this big fear that I'd go nuts because she did. A reasonable fear, depending on what the diagnosis is. I mean, there okay. are certain things like bipolar illness can have familial predispositions, and they're very treatable. I mean, it sounds like she has been sort of resistant to getting any kind of treatment, uh, which is unfortunate. If you, you obviously are someone that would be sort of tuned into that and anxious about it and get help if you needed it. I don't think that this necessarily has anything to do with that, but you're going to have to kind of look past that repulsion you have, and I think things will kind of take care of themselves. Well, God bless her for, for moving out of the country. I, this is the policy I'd like to have. You went all, all nuts Right out. before everyone goes nuts, move to England. Right. You blend right in. Please. Right. Nobody will know you're nuts over there. But in any event, uh, you need you need to kind of realize that repulsion may be just a way of staying away from people, getting close to people, and maybe have some abandonment issues left over for your mom. Stan. Hello? You're 31, Stan. Thank you. Um, first of all, I want to compliment you guys on a really great show. I've been listening for about, I don't know, six months. Thank you, Stan. And I enjoy it. Um, my question is this. Um, my daughter is almost three years old, goes to a daycare. We really like the daycare. It's an in-home. And um, everything goes really good. Uh, the husband of the person who does our daycare kind of, in two different instances, two times we've been in social gatherings where we've been around him, he kind of seems to have a, um, I don't know, his relationship with his oldest daughter, who is in seventh grade, um, seems to be kind of strange. Now, and, and my wife and I have both gotten kind of a strange feeling about it. Not When we talk to him personally, he seems like a really nice guy. And I don't have any problem with him um, as far as getting like a weird vibe from him as far as, you know, having in, inappropriate contact with anybody. Mm-hmm. But when he is with his oldest daughter, it almost seems like a um, almost like a, a spousal relationship. It's like kind of flirtatious in a mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the question I'm having is um, I'm really close with my daughter, who is the one who's almost three. And I could see the possibility at that age of still wanting to put my arm around her or hold her hand or or hugger or whatever, so I'm one, I'm struggling with the idea of um, going back and forth between whether or not it's inappropriate or maybe they just have a really good relationship. Uh, they don't have a really good relationship. I, I will tell you that for sure. But How the, do you know? Just judging by the what he's describing, <laughs> there there are poor boundaries in that relationship, and and okay. they, you know, this girl is going to have trouble because she's involved with her dad, and that way her dad her dad is you look when you're a parent you're not the friend you're the right. parent okay. You're not the boyfriend. You're not the friend. You're a parent. It's a right. special. It's a specific job with a ton of responsibility, <laughs> and it's yeah. not fun, and it doesn't make you feel good much a lot of the time, especially right. around that age. But um, with those kinds of lousy boundaries, it doesn't mean he's necessarily abusive to her per se. Right. Uh, in an overt sense, he but could just be hamming it up a little bit. Uh, no. No, 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 don't give me that. No. A lot of guys. And uh, not, not women a, and men, a lot of people with their kids when they're teenagers or a little bit older, they try to do that. Hey, we're buds, and they and they talk about you know uh, 
sex or they talk about rock bands or they talk about teachers and they try to give that impression, especially in front of other parents sometimes, that they're hip and that everything's, uh, you know, really uh, copacetic between them and their kids. That that is something that uh, the last 20 years of parenting taught parents they were supposed to do and it was exactly the wrong thing. Drew doesn't even talk to his kids. He just tells the nanny. I just grunt at them. Tell Paulina I'm very proud of her and then the the nanny in broken English uh, repeats that to Paulina. Is that how it works? Yeah. I, t- tell Mrs. Pinsky to tell Paulina. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry. Uh, but listen, uh, it, it, I, I don't want to pass judgment on uh, you know that sort of relationship. But I, I, and it doesn't mean you have to be disturbed. I, I, I in general believe you should follow your instincts uh, thoroughly, especially when it uh, involves who you have supervising your kids. Right. So just kind of keep an eye on that. Right. Well, the thing is, I mean the. the the person, the woman who watches them, we really, I mean, I really feel good about it. And I really well, do. all right. All right, but uh, realize she's married to the guy you don't right. feel good about. Well, right, and we just realized, I mean, we just found out, in fact, recently, about a month ago, that um, uh, she, her family of origin is, is messed up. And we don't, well, Stan, Stan, you know, I would be just about, <laughs> I'd be very cautious. I, I, I would be enough for me to, like, uh, back out. Listen, I wouldn't mind uh, dropping my kids off at a pedophile's place, but I... I want them to pass along a little discount. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to go to a second-rate place, at least it should be cheaper. You know what I'm saying, Drew? Keep going. I found this thing in the article. So let me just finish here. This is the Rolling Stone article that mentioned us, but then mentioned we didn't want to be interviewed. Loveline declined to be interviewed side by side with Love Phones. Dr. Judy explains it this way. Uh, We feel uh, there is uh, no show like ours. They do their thing. We do our thing. And it's totally different. That's true. Then again. Ah, but here comes Rolling Stone. The genius is Rolling Stone. Then again, not exactly. Each is hosted by a medical professional and... Has a DJ sidekick. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh, oh, like uh, like Dracula looking at the sunrise. That DJ title. <laughs> DJ is uh, nice for for jackass. It re- it really is. Uh, there's there's really no lower form of employment than DJ. Now, come on, we have a lot of friends in this business that. Uh, I know, but they're all idiots. Come on, come on, please. But believe me, if the radio wasn't invented. Most DJs I know would be, it would just be out like uh, um, gathering manure. They really would. Most everyone in the radio business, and I'm not just talking about DJs. I mean, the, you know, I'm talking about GMs, the and program directors, the brass. All if radio wasn't around, I mean, if if they were born like uh, 75 years earlier, or, or you know, Marconi or Tesla, uh, you know, were were still born or something, <laughs> they they'd be screwed. I mean, let's face it. A DJ is just a, it, it's, it's an appalling term. Plus, what's DJ? What did I ever do? I know. Have you ever put anything, have you ever played music in your entire career? No, I don't even know how to work anything. Yeah, right. I mean, how could, yeah. I'm going to be a DJ. I've never played a record in my life. Right. And I've never, uh, you know, that's the other thing. Remember I was telling you about, you read these articles and they're just totally full of crap? Yeah. I've had one that says, uh, oh, long, yeah. long time LA DJ, Adam Carolla. Long time what? I've never done anything before this show. I've never had a radio gig before this show. I've never played a record. I've never been in another city. I've never been on another station. This is it. I want to introduce you now to the only person I've ever worked with on the radio. 
<clears throat> go ahead and talk, Drew. Uh, thank you. Nice, nice. There to, you go. Nice to meet you. All right. So I am not a DJ. Thank you. Now, sidekick. Oh, that you are though. <laughs> How can a sidekick do eighty-five percent of the talking on a show? How does that work? How does that work? Mm, you know, sometimes they're going to surgical team. The, oh, the please! It's like it's the last minute. No, 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 The complicated strike, nothing. and then you pull back, let everybody else do it. This right. is like we're doing an interview with the offensive guard from the uh, Miami Dolphins, and we're going to refer to Dan Marino as a sidekick because he's not on the offensive line. Oh, it's painful. All right, now I've done enough offending uh, of brass and. Um, and colleagues. Uh, all right, let me just sell this call uh, real fast, please. Linda. Yes. Hey, you're 33. Yes. You don't look at me as a sidekick, do you? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> What's your question? <laughs> Thank you for taking my call. Dr. Drew, I was wondering if um, there's anything new in the medical field regarding breast reduction surgery, something a little less invasive. Oh, you want me to answer this? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. We're going to go to break. Okay. All right. I would just tell me how big they are before we go to break. Oh, this. Oh, should know why you went. Of oh, course. Yeah. Well, I'd like to tell you thirty-four double D because I'd like to leave you with that vision during the break. Uh huh. But you can't preface it that way. Now I, I think you're lying. No, they're thirty-four double D. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay. Boosom. How much you weigh? About one twenty-five. Okay. Good. Good. How tall are you? Five two. Mm, you should. Uh, what did you say? Five five. Five two. Five five six. Five foot two. Okay. She does not. She doesn't know good radio, I'll tell you that. Well, we're coming back anyway. Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one-bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come on, Chirpy, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Love Line will be right back. This is Dr. Drew for True Car. Everyone is talking about transparency these days, a word you hear a lot, because people want it. So when it comes to making a big purchase, like perhaps buying a new car, you expect some transparency in the buying process. This is a process that gives you the confidence to know you're getting the fair deal, right? So you can really look at all the details. To understand the power of transparency, you need to check out True Car and True Car's mobile app. True Car not only can configure the car you want and how you want it, but you can see what others actually paid for the same car you're looking for down to the zip code, so right in your area, you see the very same car. So you know what you can expect to pay for the car you want. Pretty transparent, right? And once you decide on that car, you can lock in guaranteed savings on an average over $3,000 off MSRP. Then you're connected with a trusted True Car certified dealer that will honor your savings without any negotiation, no shenanigans. So when you're ready for a new, transparent car buying experience, save time, save money, and never overpay, download the True Car app today. Want the inside scoop from a Hollywood insider on the Justin and Kendall romance? Zendaya versus the fashion police? Zayn Malik's new direction? So much more? Well, then check this. Hi there, and get ready. This is Bonnie Fuller, president and editor-in-chief of HollywoodLife.com. We've got tons of amazing celebrity news and big star interviews. This is Chloe Malas, the senior entertainment reporter for Hollywood Life, and I have to tell you, I'm most excited for Bonnie Fuller to mispronounce some of the biggest celebrity names, like my favorite, Ariana Grundle. Remember, Bonnie? <laughs> Download a brand new episode every Thursday at podcastone.com.
Hi, this is Tom Arnold, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam... What's his name? Corolla and Dr. Drew. All right. Didn't we just hear that one last week, Mike? Yeah, but it, that one's music to my ears. i got to keep hearing that one. That's, a, that's an evergreen. It just, it just reinforces the sidekick position that you should feel you're so lucky to have uh, <laughs> taken. All right, I'm getting out really of hand. I, I'll admit that. But please, sidekick. Oh, for Christ's sake. And Drew getting top billing everywhere we're going. Yeah, that's weird, too. isn't it? Yeah. That, that, I, believe me, that is not something I'm comfortable with. Well, good. Why don't you, why don't you uh, speak up about it and we'll see what we can do because I'm comfortable no. No. And and by the way, it's uh I don't know if you know this, but it's uh Dr. Drew and Adam. I know, it's like Penn and Teller. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one who, except for I'm the one who talks and I go last. All right, anyway. <clears throat> oh, speaking of that, there's something I want to talk about. We we're talking about it off the air. Um last uh, on Thursday. But um, you know, we did the Keenan show last week and we did the vibe show like a few weeks before that. Or maybe it was a month before. We're going to be doing them both again on the same week. Yeah, I don't think they'll let you do that, by the way, Drew. Uh, by the way, we're, we're booked for both. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. All right. You understand? Uh, it's fine. I don't care. I only got so much black humor anyway. <laughs> All right. But the point is this. They modify the sofas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See. No, we talked about this on the air last no, week. No, we were talking about it. We were talking about it during the break, yeah, I remember. Right. Yeah, right. Or if we did talk about it on the air, it was at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It bears repeating. But no, we were talking about during the break with yeah, uh, that with one, Dan, yeah. and and uh, Victoria. Uh, they do something to the sofa at these uh, at these talk shows because normal sofas are meant to be comfortable. Right, you, that's you why they're the sofa. Right. You relax. You sit down and you relax, and you don't sit up, and you're not as funny when you're. You know, I don't know what posture has to do with comedy, but the point is, is. They don't want to be sitting there looking at the back of your nuts, you know, while your 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 you know knees are up three feet higher than your head, and right. that's how I get. And right. b- by the way, that's why I think every manufacturer of this uh, death trap called the futon should be sued. We should get a big class action lawsuit going because these futons, you sit on a futon. You know, they say that big the big draw on the futon is uh, you can sit on it and sleep on it. Here's the deal: you you're miserable. Get, well, you can't ever get up. That's why you have to sleep on. <laughs> you it. have you to sleep on. on it. That's right. It it it's like uh, you've been trapped under a girder or something. You'll sleep there until the paramedics uh, get the jaws of life and get you out of that thing. You sit on a futon. Five minutes later, your ass is higher than your head is, and you're looking at the ceiling. This is how sofas are for the most part, too. But here's what they don't tell you. So what they do on all these shows, at least uh, as far as we can tell, and I don't think we do it on our show, by the way, no, Drew. No. You know why? They tried to do that at one point. By oh, the way. did they? Yeah. I think it would involve effort and yeah. people just <laughs> screw it. The, by the way, us modifying our sofa so people sit up straight went the way of the pre-interview on our show, which is, ah, screw it. Adam will deal with it when they're out there on stage. Because all these shows, we get the uh, hour pre-interview as well, which doesn't seem to exist when we do our show. But anyway, enough whining. So they what they do like on the um, on the vibe show they put an ironing board or something underneath the sofa you you didn't hit, your ass did not hit pillow it hit ironing board yeah and your ass was surprised when it hit it too yeah, yeah. now the Keenan show what they do on the, the back of the sofa's back about three feet further than it should be but and remember the, if you notice the the pillow you sit on is like uh, chiseled styrofoam <clears throat> right right it's just a some kind of rock or, or maybe marble or something you sit on by the way uh for a five minute segment i can sit up i really can you just got to tell you to especially do it. if i'm briefed you, you know what i mean like hey i know i'm on tv 
what, what are we doing? Sitting around uh, passing a joint around at a Bob Marley concert with Keenan? We're on a TV show. Even I can sit up for five minutes, but they're going to make sure that's physically impossible. So they, But they don't say anything. So it's the funniest thing in the world because you go out to the TV and, hey, how you doing? And the band's playing and you lean back and your ass hits the sofa and I almost fell over backwards because <laughs> there was no back on the thing. And then there's the whole readjustment and acclimation period, which is uh, what happened to the sofa. And uh, I'm going to have to sit a little differently now. So here's my only thing. Just tell people. Yeah, just tell sit people, up. Hey, it's yeah. a weird. Sit no, up. no. Or, or just tell them, hey, you know, we modified the sofa, so uh, be careful. Don't sit down too fast. Right. Uh, it's going to hurt. All right. Uh, five, where were we? Five, five. Okay. Linda. Yes. You're 33. Correct. You're 34 double D? Correct. 5'2", 122? Something like that. And we'll go up to 130. No. Yeah. No, I'm not that. Really? No, not at all. 125? Mm-hmm. No more than 125. Okay. Even... Um, you know, when you're retaining water? No. <laughs> okay. All right. And you're, you're looking into some kind of reduction. Have you had children? Oh, no. Are you? Is your intent to do that? Mm, no. You lesbian? No. <laughs> I'm curious. I, why, no, why I, don't may, I may change my mind when I'm 39 or 40, but not at this time in my life. Because why? Because I'm into my career and everything, and I don't want to. Yeah. Well, what about your kid's career? What, what is your career? <laughs> Excuse me? What's your career? Uh, a manager in an office setting. Okay. Uh, I don't. I'm yeah, sure there are. I'm not married either. So I'm yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> I, I'm sure there are things going on out there uh, that people might be trying, like in terms of liposuction or God knows what. But I, the only procedure I'm familiar with being done is the the big T scar. You know, the inverted T. Do they take? Is it just fat they take out? Basically, yeah. Now, what about that thing where they liquefy the fat and suck it out? You heard me talk about that. No, Marcel. No. Well, there is an ultrasound. So I got a TV set. Well, there's an ultrasound where they're going to be able to liquefy large amounts of fat and, and suck it out. That, that's right. That's not been approved yet, to my understanding. Well, what about something like that for the breast? I, I, again, I don't know of anyone doing that. They liquefy it, suck it right out and, the nipple. And uh, you know, you if you, you it'd be <laughs> you pretty funny looking yeah. if you didn't if you didn't take I need, out. It needs like a soldering iron and a shop vac. I would think it would look pretty funny if you didn't take out all the tissue. If you just took out the fat, because there would still be a lot of other mm-hmm. tissue up front there that would look uh, peculiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very dangerous procedure. Uh, <laughs> one out of every three women that gets it uh, is either paralyzed or a fatality. I don't know if you knew that. I was just wondering if there was anything less invasive, more like not that I'm aware of type of thing. Not, I haven't heard of anything. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Thank All right. You. Good luck with the breast. Thank you. You know, another thing. This this question <laughs> reminded me of something that happened over the weekend too. Is these these women were coming up to you and asking you to sign them. Yes, which was which was he uh, Mike. He was one with it was bizarre. It was the Adam West syndrome, and I thought it was very bizarre. And I, I, yeah, thank I, you, Adam. And I wouldn't do that. And they were like amazed, shocked. I mean, you, I, I thought it was so inappropriate. And I asked some of these women, "What? What do you? What is this?" They wanted I, me to sign their yeah, belly but, or their chest but, or, what, or something what did you like think that. that. Was all about? What do you think it was about? Yeah, why they didn't have a didn't no? Have what do you picture. think? What, what do you think they were thinking when? You, no, they did because you had them right there. Well, it's uh, it's um, it's uh, it's devotion. That's what it is. It's more personalized. You're touching their skin. What do you mean? What it's? A, I, what I, it I don't about? know what motivates it's been, going, that. it's been going around for a long. I've time. I've never heard of it. Before. I've never seen it before until yesterday. And and, uh, and I asked him what what, what is um, it? And they go, and was, here was well, the answer I, mean, I got. Jimi Hendrix only signed boobs. Well, here was the answer I got. I don't mean anything by it. I, how could you think this is anything sexual or, or, or wrong? And the only reason I want to do it is so I can get a picture of it. 
on me. I never even thought about the picture part, but that's a good and, idea. And, but that's that they, they they the girls I interviewed about it were amazed that you that anyone would consider it a sexual thing. That bizarre. Yeah, you mean like signing their breasts? Yeah. No, no, I don't mean anything by it. What? What? what oh, don't, I'm sorry, I don't take offense. I didn't mean anything by it. Like, it was, I mean, hmm. Well, listen, Drew, this has been going on for a long time. I've never heard of it. Well, you're totally out of the loop. I, well, obviously, you're the guy who thought uh, Freebird came out in 1985 <laughs> and was uh, by Wham. All right. Uh, hey, Engineer Mike. Yeah, and we're running late for break, but yeah, I know. Can we hear the Adam Shuffle? Because we got a whole bunch of requests for this while I was there. And Engineer Mike doesn't like to play it because he didn't do it. And any project that he doesn't directly get involved with, he deems as amateurish. But uh, I thought it was good, and a lot of people want to hear it. So why don't we give uh, the Adam Shuffle? I have a beef with Engineer Mike. He is the the fire starter. These are actually all insulting to me. Uh, Adam sucks. Adam is a loser. I took baths with my sister like into my late 20s. I took baths with Dr. Droid like into my late 20s. My boyfriend and I have sex at least twice a week and he doesn't wear a condom. I was 15 and having sex with uh, 24-year-old men via the computer. I uh, put my hand down Dr. Drew's pants. Then the orgasms come fast and frequent. Where does my penis end and where does his begin? And whose nuts are these anyway? (laughs) I love schlong. You faggot? That's uh, something my mom would say. Sex with mom is weird. I was in the deep end of a swimming pool, and I was uh, cornered by two um, haunchy elderly women who uh, beat me with my own genitalia. By the way, he'd always described his mother and grandmother as haunchy. Engineer Mike, uh, shut off Drew's microphone. I molested a youngster on a couple of occasions. Here's what my shrink told me. Faggot better run. I put the snake in the dog's ass. <laughs> Here's what my shrink told me. My mom beat the gay out of I don't wax my butt, and I do not shave my butt. I have pruned my butt on occasion. Could I drink the contents of Dr. Drew's penis? I'm Adam Carolla. I wanted to explore my ass over the air. How big is your butt? Drew looks cool, but Adam looks like a dork. Adam, please. Adam, please. Engineer Mike, uh, shut off my microphone. Stuff like this makes me sick. Oh, see, that wasn't so bad. Okay, Adam, please. Yeah, we haven't uh, heard that in a while. And Engineer Mike, I talked to a lot of young, uh, zealous computer nerds who said there's more to come. So uh, be prepared for that. All right, Drew, sell the hell out of the next call. We'll go to break. Uh, we'll talk to Mike, who feels like he's still on pot, even though he has stopped smoking. All right? No. No. Uh, we'll go to uh, Jeremy, whose girlfriend feels pain in her bladder after sex. How about that? Uh, huh? And we'll talk, we'll talk to Mike. Yeah. Right. The voices are trying to throw me off while they're... Tr- while I'm trying to concentrate on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Loveline will be right back. Okay, I'm talking to Brett East and Ellis fans right now. Admit it, it's you. Ah! Now, we know you're out there because since he went on his little hiatus, you've been bombarding us with emails. Where's Brett? Where's Brett? Where's Brett? Well, guess what? You win! Brett East and Ellis is coming back to Podcast One. But this time, it's commercial-free, which should make you even happier. Just go to podcastone.com slash Brett and subscribe to the all-new commercial-free Brett Easton Ellis podcast. Podcastone.com slash Brett, B-R-E-T. Hello. 
This is Squiggy from Lenny. And when I need some love advice, I listen to Love Line with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Carolla. Like gorilla. Well, rhymes, was, with, rhymes with gorilla. He was doing it in the squiggy voice. Leave him alone. Hey, you know, Mike was playing me some more of these uh, tapes. There, there's some more Adam Shuffles back there. Oh, there is? But nobody really gets the knack of hitting the beats the way Mike does. You know what the ones he's done for me? Yes. He, he just he just can hit the, the, the music properly. Mike isn't as stoned as a lot of our listeners are. But he, he, finds, he, he finds us speaking in the tone and beat of the music and dials it in. Well, that's why he's uh, Mike, the one nut wonder engineer. Uh, I mean, uh, these people are all fledgling engineers, but Mike has arrived. Is an engineer lower than a DJ? No, no. I'd no, say that, that's, that's, no a that's, real, a, that's yeah. a viable skill. Yeah, a, oh, okay. yeah. DJs don't have viable skills. But the engineer, that's actually, there's actual, uh, I don't know what they do, splice tape, push buttons, uh, that kind of thing. No, that's, uh, that's higher. That's higher than management, that's higher <laughs> than talent, that's higher than uh, everybody. All right, let me give a quick message out. I know this is going to sound weird, but when I got home from San Jose today, there was a message on my machine from Dickie from the Boston's uh. who called. And, uh, actually, Dickie's one of the few people that sounds worse than I do over the phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Dickie from the Boston's. I mean, it sounds like crap. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, everyone that calls me, I sound bad. Everyone that calls me says, uh, did I wake you up? Says, no. Yeah. I just won the lottery. Oh, because you sound no. like you were asleep. No, you're terrible at the phone. Um, but anyway, Dickie called. Dickie didn't leave me his phone number, but Dickie just said uh, they were going to be in with their tour or something around the 21st or 22nd and wanted to come on the show. I have no way of getting hold of you, Dickie, or uh, any of the uh, Dickieettes out there who may be listening and want to pass this message along to him. But come uh, on up here. Producer Ann is on vacation for this week, so I guess if you called uh, K-Rock, the mother station well, Lisa, there, Lisa, you could talk to Lisa. Right? Yeah. Or Sherry, but uh, do something. I'm not calling you back because you didn't leave me your phone number, and I don't know where you are. Okay. Did that cover it? Let's go. All right. Mike. Hi. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Thank you for having me on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Our pleasure, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, basically, last five days, I felt, like, really clouded, almost feeling like uh, like the day after of, like, really toking up the night before. The thing is, is I haven't smoked for, like, three weeks now. And even then, I wasn't smoking much. How much is not much? Like once or twice a week, if that. And it's been like a year since I've smoked. Oh, wait, wait. You haven't smoked any pot in a year? Well, no, no, no. I I smoke like sporadically this summer. Uh But um, like through the last year, I was up at school and I just, I was really just concentrating on my studies and I didn't do anything. But the last five days, I just really felt like really lethargic. Yeah, you got to be much more specific with me. Oh, when okay. was the last time you smoked pot? Three weeks ago. And how many times before that had you smoked? Uh, when was like that a couple weeks before that. All right. About and when you, and three weeks ago when you smoked a lot of pot, was was it a lot? No, no, okay. no. I definitely, I I can't smoke how and, I used and, to smoke. Okay. And when did you start feeling foggy? <sighs> about five days, five days ago. All of a sudden, just suddenly. Yeah, and I mean really lethargic, really just... Like, I can't concentrate. I can't think properly. Have you been depressed or anxious right now? Um, definitely been feeling a little more down. Um, getting a little more anxious now just because I don't know what's up. I went to see the doctor, and um, I had a uh, FH, uh, no, TSH. Which, uh, which is ex- the right thing to get. Make sure yeah, the thyroid isn't off. And it was normal. Okay. Like, everything was normal there. Okay. So, uh, 
But I just wanted to, you know, maybe get your input here. And see well, I don't think it has anything to, to do with the pot. And uh, you've been drinking heavily or anything? No, like I don't drink. And and your moods have seemed okay. They're not not um, way I off. I definitely in the past have a predisposition for uh, mood disorders. Is, is, is there anyone in the family has severe mood disorders? Oh, bulimia, or, uh, anorexia, depression. It's All right. So so maybe this is a more significant biology that's operating now. Maybe a real depressive illness is starting to come on. You gotta get back on the weed, my friend. Well, <laughs> it's possible. I mean, I I, I would. I would, no, 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 no. It's possible that it's depression. I, but I, the the first order of business is to rule out a a real medical condition, and so I would follow up with that doctor, try to get a, make sure that the physician has ruled out every potential medical problem. And it's such a vague symptom, fatigue, especially in your age group. I, I would take it very seriously, but it's a common symptom, and most commonly, it's due to something at least related to depression. Uh, but let me say this. Uh, that being said. I have my entire life and still am and do have weeks where I'm off, uh, days when I feel like I'm dragging around a sled chalked full of lead. But you're the poster child for depression. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's depression. Well, okay, I'll tell you maybe what. Maybe I am the poster child for depression, but I'm sure not depressed that much for a guy who's on the poster. <laughs> But you both I'm a little you depressed I, about being on the poster, Drew. You and I have done some bizarre traveling the last couple of weeks, and both of yeah, felt, it does uh, kick your ass. Yeah, but even even then, I can never chalk my condition up to too much. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I know when I don't sleep, I feel pretty badly, and in what Drew and I do, sometimes we don't schedule in sleep, right. and it ends up biting us in the butt. Mm. But you know, I'll drink a cup of coffee and go to sleep. Uh, I'll sleep 10 hours and feel like crap in the morning sometimes. I'll sleep uh, four and a half hours and feel great in the morning. Uh, I'll have a whole onslaught of good news and feel lethargic and feel depressed. I'll have right, right. Uh, a little bit of bad news and feel uh, energized so for some, some reason. Some of this may be your unique biology. Some of it may be psychologically. I think, this is, I think everybody's this way. Yeah. I mean, I, Some I, of it could be sleep patterns. I mean, there's lots of things that can come to bear on this. Right. Here's my Some point. of it could be your, your deviated septum, frankly. I mean, you may be having impaired sleep. From I, I always have impaired sleep. But, but you don't go to sleep. That's part of your problem. But you may be having dysfunctional sleep rather non-restorative sleep when you actually are asleep. I, I always do. I mean, I always wake up five times a night yeah, and all that good. kind of crap. Huh, I know it's not good, but what am I supposed to do? Did they suddenly just cut off the supply of oxygen to this room? It's got so stuffy. Well, you were talking about my deviated septum. Now I'm having trouble breathing. I'm actually counting my breaths in between speaking. Uh, I, I, all right, here's, here's all I'm saying in a nutshell. I think people have little rhythms and little patterns. I don't think it has to do with the moon. I don't think it has to do with the tide. I don't think it necessarily has to do with uh, how much pot you smoke the month before. I don't think it has to do with uh, the beef you have with your dad or your mom about childhood. I don't think it has to do with anything sometimes. I think sometimes you're energized and sometimes you're not. And I can tell you the one thing that will help and get you energized is doing something you like in life. Yeah. That's yeah. all I can. Yeah. That's all I could ever chalk it up to. I always have energy to do what I'm excited about yeah. doing. Yeah. And I rarely have enough energy to do the drudgery. Yes. Uh, the task right. that I loathe in life. Okay. Michael. Yeah. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. You're 30. Yeah. Um, I've got a friend. She's dating a guy who just recently got diagnosed with uh, lymphoma cancer. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering what the um, 
the process is for treatment and his uh, hopes for recovery. Well, you're not, you're probably not going to be able to answer all the questions I need answered, such as what cell type is it? Uh, that I couldn't tell you. What stage is it? Uh, it. I just. This is just information I got. Is it a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma or is yeah. it Hodgkin's disease? I think it's non. And and each of these has has a different prognostic implication. Okay. Uh, most lymphomas are in fact treatable. Some are curable. Uh, bone marrow transplant, heavy chemotherapy is part of the uh, sometimes part of the uh, of the. Uh, treatment protocols. What's lymphoma? Type of cancer? Lymphoma is a cancer of the lymph cells, lymphocytes. And lymphocytes go through transformations that activate them into immunologically active tissue so they can attack whatever think whatever's invading the body. And it, and basically cancers occur as a result we think of some disruption of that normal progression. So at some point in the progression of an evolution to an activated lymphocyte, the 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 evolution stops, and these cells just start growing out of control at that particular stage of evolution. And it's, a, it's an aggressive and sometimes dangerous cancer. Some, some of these cancers, these more uh, small-cell uh, lymphomas, can le- live with for years without any treatment. The larger cells one, uh, larger cell lymphomas, are very aggressive and very deadly but respond better to treatment. So it's, it's a very complex field. They can be treated, and it is certainly amongst the curable cancers. Melissa. Yes. And, and I, this is what this is why... By the way, I would have difficulty being side to side with the Love Phones uh, organization. Uh-huh. It's uh, not being able to uh, address the real health issues of young people. And uh, you understand what I'm saying? You're saying that most young listeners are stricken with cancer. No, that I just I hate I hate that we get thrown in the soup with love doctors. That makes me nuts. <laughs> hey, okay. you're all right. You're in with the love doctors. I'm in with the DJ sidekicks. Uh, good. Enjoy. Oh, all right. Melissa. Yes. All right. All right, now I'm hanging up on you. Mm, okay. Wow. Jesus Christ, what's it take to get people to talk? Hey, Melissa? Yes. All right. Still don't like your tone. L'Oreal. Yeah. Is that your name? Yeah. All righty, you're 19. What's going on? I can't be in, like, a relationship or a dating relationship with a black male. You a black woman? No. All right, so what happened? Um, About a year ago, I got raped by a black male. Was it a date rape or a... It was like a friendship rape. <laughs> I got to write that one down. <laughs> Can we just call that a buddy rape? Yeah. It was a friendship rape? It was like he was my friend. Hey, he couldn't have just gotten you one of those rings or uh, the necklace with half a heart on it? <laughs> I guess not. Had you ever been uh, raped before? Yeah, one time. When you were 12, 13? Um, 11. 11. Mm. Hold yeah. on, I'm giving Drew a dollar. <laughs> Drew gets a dollar for that call. How did you know she'd been raped before? Because it's it's uh, the feeling. It, it, mm. this is somebody I give who, you a feeling? Yeah, this is, you're somebody who's been abused and became a victim early on. And oh. then put yourself in a position uh, to be abused over and over again, really. And uh, and I and I, I, I'm sure this is just part of that behavior. All right, uh, listen, L'Oreal. We'll get to the bottom of this whole uh, dating a black guy and uh, rape and Drew's intuition and everything else. We got to go to break, and we will uh, polish this one off after this. I don't think they're aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. 
I mean, your mother? That line will be right back. My name's Dickie Barrett. My name's Joe Gittleman. We're in the Mighty Mighty Boston, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. Oh, that is what you sound like on the phone. That not just your tape recorder, but when you, you, I can't tell the difference between your tape recorder and your real voice. I'm I'm a little slower in real life. That engineer Mike, his uh, his genius knows no bounds. He really amazing. Just putting that together. What a pro. All right, I'm Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, and we'll be back in ten seconds. This is Loveline on Radio Station. Yes, Adam Carolla, Dr. Drew, name of the show, Loveline. Phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. Tomorrow night, Sugar Ray, maybe. Insane Clown Posse will be in here on Tuesday. That's the rap band that Disney dumped off their label because of, uh, well, listen, when you sign a band named the Insane Clown Posse, right? come on. They're from Detroit, right? Yeah, and they're from Detroit. Yeah. Hey, you got to know what you're yeah. in for. Yeah. Come on now. And uh, then uh, huh? Fiona Apple will be in here at the end of the week, who Drew is smitten with. No, she's great. Listen, she's you're, you're into Fiona. I like Fiona. She's very no. I'm not into her. Into her. I, I'm True. In, I admire her. You know what? Here's about, the thing: is you seem guilty when you try to claim not to have genitalia that way. <laughs> she's a very attractive, talented young woman. Here's what's interesting about her: is I you can't hard, admit that you're a little bit attracted to her. It's hard for me to admire somebody under the age of twenty. I I really admire her. She's twenty now. I understand that, but I've admired. I I've admired. I think her, her birthday was was it yesterday? Yeah. All right. All right. I'm just saying, if you were single, you'd go on a date with her, wouldn't you? Just sure. Mm. Yeah, you could talk. Couldn't you? I mean, you're a little bit older. But then, she's an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> just admit you like her. You it's like not, her. There's nothing not, wrong with that. That's healthy. Really it just things, means you're a man. It really isn't one of those no, things. No, you're not even... You're so far away from yourself, Drew, man. You don't even know where you are anymore, man. Man, when you talk to me like that, man, I don't like, even know you. I don't you. even know you, man. Boy, Let's hey, go. man, that wife here's got you brainwashed. Let's go. Seriously. All right. Six. Is this no, who no, we're talking no, about? No, no, uh, no, What? Six? Yeah. L'Oreal. Yeah. All right. You're 19. Yeah. You were raped by a black man. Huh? Recently. Recently. A year ago. It was a uh, friend rape. Yeah. And you were raped once uh, earlier when you were 11 years old. Yeah. What happened when you were 11? Um, it's hard to explain. Like, like this guy, he was my friend's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And we were watching movies in... How old was your friend? 15. Uh-huh. And you so were you're 11. 15 and hanging, hanging around uh, with an 11-year-old. Let me guess. He was 19. Yeah. <laughs> Give me another dollar. No, I'm not going to give you For Christ's sake, Drew, I can't give you a dollar for every time you have some uh, feminine intuition. 
All right, so the 19-year-old raped you when you were 11. Yeah. Oh. But the, the point is what how... What the hell is going on through a, a 19-year-old's mind? Well, All look, right. uh, you know, something horrible happened to him, but what, what what's had happened to L'Oreal to let her feel comfortable around a 19-year-old abuser? You understand what was she doing there in the first place? Well, Why was that a- what's up with your dad and your folks and all that? <laughs> my dad's a jerk, and my mom was far, far away. Mm-hmm. Well, you- what about when you were eleven? What did he do to you? Um, your dad? My dad? Nothing. <laughs> you sure? Well, he beat the crap out of me with that. That, that would be no. It's not different. That would be doing <laughs> something to you. Uh, abuse is abuse, and uh, that's uh, that's of physical course, abuse, of course, right? Um, and you know when you're physically abused by somebody close to you, somebody who is responsible for your sen- your, your security, your sense of well-being and self-worth, uh, you'll tend yeah. to have a reaction to that. And uh, this is one of those reactions. So this it all started way back with your dad physically abusing you. Okay. Then you got raped at 19, and really that's a sexual when you were 11, rather by 19 year old. That was your second first experience of sexual abuse, and I bet you had a bunch of bad relationships after that too. Yeah. So you only get hooked up with abusers. And you only feel comfortable around abusive. No, abusing. no, no, that's not true. That's the only two people that have ever been abusive. Well, what about the relationships that you were in that were abusive? I've never been in a different, like, besides the two times I got raped. I've never been in another abusive relationship. So your boyfriends have all been Prince Charming? Well, not Prince Charmings, but... They've been good guys? Yeah. And you couldn't tolerate it and dump them? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's the other side. Right, of that that's point. the other one. All right. So you're saying you can't you cannot trust black men anymore because the black man raped you. I don't know if it's it's just. What was the color of the 19 year old guy? White. Well, you're just gonna have to go out with American Indians and Eskimos. <laughs> I mean, what about not trusting white guys? The white guys, the guy raped you when yeah, you were 11. He he was the really the real. The, he was the, even worse. Yeah, the horrible guy. I don't know. It's just it all came back now because my roommate's trying to set me up with this black male that she works with. Mm-hmm. And when I tell her to shut up that I'm not interested, she just keeps, like, leading him on and telling him that I am interested and oh, leading Lord. him to think that I am interested. And it just makes me more and more mad. Uh, well, all right. But that's, it's, it's not necessarily a race issue. It's, a, it's an issue of communication and respect between you and your roommate. It's an issue between you and your your dad or your your long lost dad and your mom and your upbringing and all that kind of stuff I, I this the know. whole the whole racial end of this is the least of your worries right yeah right. all right so that's just, i don't know it's just black that's a, that's a, just a convenient that's a convenient place to dump your stuff <laughs> no uh, it, yes it yes it is listen giddy it is <laughs> it is oh geez enjoy the laughter while you can <laughs> enjoy those laughs believe me Okay. They ain't going to bring around forever. <laughs> All right, listen, L'Oreal, we, we really feel sorry for you. You've been through a lot. And, you know, I understand that you um, you try to sort of keep a smile painted on you know, through all the pain and all of that. But you've had a really horrible, tragic life so far. But you're 19, you're in one piece, and you're relatively sane, right? Yeah. Uh, do you work? Um, yeah, I'm a nanny. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I hope they not see she should be given the discount. Yeah. Uh you you're not uh you're not looking after any black kids, are you? No. No, cuz I don't she'd like smother them in their sleep wonderful or something. Kids. I look after wonderful little girls. All right, listen. L'Oreal. Don't yeah. worry about dating right now. Worry about your own sanity. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? 
dating is he, here's the deal. Here's what I want to say to you and everybody. Drew, quiet down. You had that look like you might say something this hour, and I just want to stifle you for a second. All right. Stop trying to correct everything through another date, another relationship, another another whatever it is. Another car, another yeah, boat. Don't move yeah. forward and try to correct stuff. It, it's almost like this. It's like um, I was at the corner of uh, Sunset and Vine, and uh, I lost my wallet there. Now. Don't keep going down Sunset to the next intersection looking for your wallet. <laughs> go ahead and go back to Sunset and Vine and look around and see if you can solve it that way. Don't just keep going forward and trying to make it up some way. The answer does not lie ahead of you. It lies behind you. You need to work out this crap that happened to you when you were 11 with this guy. You, you need to work out the issues with your dad. You're not going to work it out whether you're dating a black guy or a white guy or whatever it is you're doing. Okay. You know what I mean? Take a little time off. Your answer does not lie in a man's underwear. <laughs> All right? All right. Well, All these right. are not right. funny. These, this uh, isn't funny boy. material, okay? It's not funny. Well, uh, some of the stuff was kind of no, funny. No, not funny. It, it's serious stuff. I thought that was some of my best stuff. It's serious stuff. Okay. It may have been couched and shrouded in quasi humor. <laughs> Thank you. Melissa. Yes, sir. You're 22. Yes, sir. What's going on there, homie? <laughs> what is happening tonight? People um, are punchy. The, the nitrous reaction. I'm doing my job, Drew. <laughs> oh Christ! I got to get my teeth cleaned tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I am so not looking forward to that. <laughs> well, that's understandable. <laughs> oh, the scraping. <laughs> really, is tartar such a bad thing? Melissa, what can we do to help you? Well, I have a little problem. Um, I have been dating this guy for the last six months, and you know we're we're really close and stuff, and. I live with one of his friends. Um, you know, he's been living with me for like the last three or four months. He got kind of like booted out of his mom's house, and I mm. took him in, and mm. blah, took, blah, blah, uh, blah, blah. Uh, wait a minute. The way you're already describing this is kind of weird. You huh? took him in. Well, I'm, I've am i been friends with him for a couple of years. And, and he's I, the friend of your boyfriend. Right. How long have you been with your boyfriend? Uh, about six months. So this guy's been your we friend. Were friends, we were friends previous to that. Is, th is this how you met your boyfriend through this guy? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue. And, um, well, anyway, <laughs> um, I like I said, I've been dating this guy for about six months now, and um, my roommate just expressed to me yesterday morning, 7 o'clock, I got home from work, working 10 hours, um, that... He was in love with me, and he doesn't want me to date his friend anymore, and he wants to start a relationship with me. Now, I've had feelings for this guy, my roommate, okay, for quite a while, but I've pushed him aside because I didn't know how he felt. He kept giving off all these little signals and little remarks, and, you know, that's the kind of friendship that we have. It's, like, very flirtatious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Drew and I got that. Huh? Drew and I have the same relationship. <laughs> You're silly. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like... Uh, I, wait a minute. I'm zany. I'm not silly. <laughs> oh, boy. So I, I, like, am kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I mean, I really care about the guy I'm with mm. now, but I also care about my roommate. Okay, how come you guys have been living together and nothing's happened? Yeah, why because, all of a sudden? Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I pushed my feelings... No, 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 no. Why all of a sudden? Huh? We know we know how you've been feeling. What do you think turned him? What's all up of with him? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we don't we sus we don't trust him. Well, I don't know if it's that. I I think that because my boyfriend and I are getting deeper into our relationship, 
Um, well, then you've answered your own question right there. I mean, the, the, you don't want to interrupt that. You have a relationship. You care about the guy. I mean, the friend is a friend, but uh, it's a little sort of too little, too late. Yeah, I know. That's how I feel. And that's it. That's, that's it. Don't not stay right there. That's it. That's how you feel. That's that's good enough. Just stay with that. Maybe the, maybe you guys shouldn't be roommates anymore. Oh, there's wow. someone's going to slip up sexually. Believe well, you just, me. I don't. I guess what my biggest fear is is that I don't want to lose a friend over this whole situation. Well, that you know? that's always the risk when somebody yeah, well, uh, comes out with feelings and and tries to. The friendship is based on uh, you guys being attracted to each other physically, anyway, isn't it? No, no, not at all. It's it not. goes well. Like I said, I've I've been with him, been with my roommate. I've known him for like two years, and it's. How did you first meet your roommate? Uh, well, I moved up from Detroit. <laughs> and how did you meet him? Up to a smaller community. How did you, and how did you meet him? Uh, through my brother-in-law. And what did you think of him when you first met him? Oh my God! I just totally adored him. Okay, well, isn't that what Adam just said, that this relationship was based on a physical attraction to begin with? Well, it was... It was All right, uh, but Melissa. you denied it, didn't you, you little hussy? <laughs> no, 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 no. I I'm said not. this relationship is based on physical attraction. No, 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 no. It goes much deeper than that. How did you... What did you... What was your first impression when you met, Drew? Uh, he was such a hottie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for Christ's sake. No, it, it's You didn't not. put that one on a drop, huh, on a tape? Uh, you know what? I've given up with Engineer Mike, and is he's so busy looking up pornography on the Internet, the uh, requests for the Drew Drops are now completely out the window. I There was 20 that I had in over the last three months. He claimed. Is he looking at pornography right now, by the way? Who? All right. No, I'm at work. <laughs> not you. What? All right, listen. Melissa. Um, you got a guy. You like this guy. I would stay away from the roommate. Drew and I don't trust this guy. Why now? Why after two years does he make his move? Why does he wait until you're in a relationship he, with his good and friend? And he knows you were physically attracted to him, and that's where the relationship started. And if, had he been attracted to you in the first place, there would have been a relationship in the first place. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, he turns it on. Something's wrong with that. Yes. We don't trust it. Now, it's a whim for him. Yeah, yeah. He's a, on a dry spell or something, just seeing what he can... He was up on a uh, late-night masturbatory binge or something. She came home, caught him during his refractory period while he was, you know, mopping his brow off with a gym sock, and he decided to profess his love. Don't trust him. Yeah. All right. But something's going to happen. Well, she needs to move out. Together. Yeah, she needs to move out. Well, that's a funny thing is, is it's her apartment, probably. Right. And of course, she's uh, no, and she's in this denial state about the relationship. Oh, it's so much more than that. Yeah, yeah, not Dan. Hey, hey, you're twenty. He doesn't respect her very much. Yeah, really. I don't know. Kicked out of his mom's house. Something's up with that guy. Yeah, listen. Don't harbor anybody who's been kicked out. Let me explain uh, why people have been kicked out because they're screw ups. Yeah, you don't kick out people who aren't. Uh, I've let a few people flop on my sofa in my day. Quite a few, and you know what? They're baggage, dead weight. Never pay any rent. They screw up. They uh, make long distance. You know, they call those, uh, you know, porn chat lines and stuff. Uh, you know, three. You know, get these phone bills like a week after they moved out. They got 65 hours at, uh, you know, $4.50 a minute uh, of uh, talking really to them. All, all class. And you know what? These places, these porn places are like um, in Aruba and stuff. They go through the Dominican Republic, and it's really bizarre. You, you don't know anything about this world. Yeah. For some reason, and somebody's going to call and tell me how this works, but I had a roommate that did this. He he would end up calling, like, 
I swear it was like Haiti or something. And then they call you back. And it's a weird thing that has to do with getting out of the continental United States huh. and uh, whatever. Uh, All right, anyway. I don't want to hear about it. Dan, you're 20. Um, my my ex-girlfriend, we had unprotected sex. We were going out for almost two years. And um, after we had unprotected sex, she told me that she had HPV. All right. And now... She's gone to different doctors, and they're giving her conflicting information. The one she just went to said that she could cure it and treat it where she wouldn't be contagious. And I'm, mm. I'm wondering what I can do, how I can be treated. Uh, well, do you have any warts visible? No. That's it. You, when you have warts, you get them treated. That's all. Why are you so upset about this? Um, somebody gave me a disease, you know. Didn't yeah. tell me knew it. Warts are basically as common as saying uh, I'm in my 20s and 30s, I live in an urban center, and I'm having sex. That's pretty much everybody gets warts. Hold on. Uh, Engineer Mike, put that on a drop, would you? Thank you. All right. All right. Dan, what's going on with you? Um, you you're really broken on? up. Huh? You, you seem really broken up about the whole HPV thing. I mean, let's, I, I understand it doesn't feel well, good when you get a disease. To be broken up? Have you ever had a wart anywhere? Um, on my finger. Okay, these are on your penis. Same, uh, same thing. It's like your finger, but smaller. Okay. So the, when, the, when's the right time when I start getting interested in... Well, how does he know he has it, by the way? He doesn't. He may not have it. it apparently... Eh, it, Dan, you um, probably don't have I mean, it. I would assume you have it because you're 20 and you're sexually active. I mean, they're exceedingly common, and you should be wearing a condom anyway. And if you wear a condom, oh, you will... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And you will... Uh, you will prevent that you will substantially reduce the risk of exposing somebody else to this, which is really the only issue for you because it doesn't hurt men. What if the condom breaks with my next girlfriend? When, when do I tell her that I, that I have HPV? That's a good question. <laughs> when well, you tell I'm her. not going to answer it. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I think people should be upfront and talking about their sexual exposures right away if they're going to have sexual inter, you know, intimacy. And, also, is it and I think, uh, again, you remember, most women have this. Wait a minute. Most women do not in have urban this center, HPV. It is very common. What urban center common. are you talking about? I, I gotta get, let me get the data up. I'll pull it out this week and see what how, actually... How is it transmitted? Like, can contact it orally? Uh, usually not. Usually not. But now, uh, can a, and a guy can transmit it even though he may not have an outbreak. Correct. But if you have the wars, there's certainly more virus being produced. What about her doctor told her that she could cure it where she was? Yeah, I don't know what the cure it. idea is about. You can certainly control it. And control so it. They can't cure it. I know of no cure. I heard uh, this you know, was just a translation, but Dan. It, yeah, listen, let me make a comment here. There was an article I just read a couple of weeks ago that was talking about how how perhaps the medical community d- did a disservice to, to the public by reacting so strongly to the wart virus because it doesn't have any consequence. And mo- women, it's an issue. It needs to be controlled and dealt with very carefully. But it, it, it's so simple and so routine that and there are probably only certain subtypes of the wart virus that are really significant issue anyway. That there's just been this this, this huge anxiety around this thing. So well, I have nothing to worry about. No. Categorically, nothing. Well, what about her? She may have an increased risk of cervical cancer. You have to worry about transmitting it to another woman. That's it. That's what you have to worry about. But that, but then again, you know, th- this is just a way of motivating you to practice careful, safe sex anyway, which is what you should be doing, right? She, she has to practice safe sex, and she has to see a gynecologist a couple times a year. Okay? Okay. Common deal. Casually, Casually. not to...
not in any kind of clinical what were you gonna setting. Say? You're going to ask what's up with Dan. Huh? Dan? Yeah. How's everything else going in your life? Good. You in school? It's copacetic. Are you in school? Uh, no, I'm I'm a carpenter. Oh, you are? Uh, I'm going to hear it from Adam, huh? What kind of carpentry you do? Huh? What kind of carpentry? Right now I'm just doing rough framing. Mm-hmm. To hear Adam talk, uh, that's not a copacetic life. No, there's uh, there's certain nobility in carpentry. You know, uh, Moses was a carpenter. Or one of those biblical Joseph. Days, I can't exactly remember. Uh, what are you doing? What kind of framing? Huh? Foundations, houses, everything. Mm-hmm. Let's see what kind of carpenter Dan is. All right. What's the spread on two-by-fours when you're framing a wall? 16 on center. Okay. And uh, what size header stock should you use on, let's say, a three-foot window opening? Double two-by-six. Double two-by-six? Yeah. Up on edge? No, flat. Flat? How are you doing a double two-by-six flat when you're framing with a two-by-four uh, with two-by-four stock? Overlap. What are you talking about, overlap? Are you framing with 2x6 to, like, accommodate uh, R19 insulation or something? You're getting way too involved. All right, so he's no carpenter. You know what you are, Dan? What? You're a glorified goomper. Oh, thank you. You're no carpenter, I'll tell you that. But you keep those bags on, and you hustle, and one day soon you're going to be a carpenter. Or I can aspire to a job like yours. Yeah, this is better. Yeah. Pays more, and uh, you don't... <laughs> You can be dumber. All right, Dan. Your All penis right. is fine. Thanks. All right. Flat two-by-four for header stock. <laughs> Even Drew was laughing at that one. Flat. No, the correct answer was four-by-four. Four. Drew, you knew that, didn't you? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you sell the next uh, call? Uh, we're going to talk to Jeremy, who's been on hold for 92 minutes. The girlfriend has pain after sex. I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Greetings, citizens. Space Ghost here, and you're listening to Nighttime Loveline with Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. It's swell. Experience complete enjoyment with your duder. It's peppy, fun, and informative. You can learn about your tinkies, or perhaps your wonky, or maybe why your twinkie won't swell. <laughs> hey, I dig that Space Ghost. Yeah. You ever watch the show? I've seen a... I, my kids are into the Cartoon Network now, so I've seen a bunch of promos for it. It's uh, it's real clever. It's real different, and it's a bizarre concept. But they pull it off, and uh, it's uh, they get they get huge guests too. Really? Yeah, I don't know uh, who's booking. Kind of two-hour pre-interview too. <laughs> All right. Phone number one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. Fax number three one zero eight five four forty four fifty five. Adam Carolla is dying. And back to the phones we go. Jeremy, you're 17. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend and I have been having sex for about a year now. And just recently she's told me that she's been feeling pain, like underneath her belly button, when I push in. And 
Um, and every now and then, I feel popping inside of her. Well, that's you're actually come probably coming up against her cervix and uh, hitting her uterus. Sort of, it can sometimes flop over actually when you push on it like that. And uh, so, well, what flops over? The, the the uterus will kind of kind of come forward a little bit. Oh. And uh, it, it's you know you shouldn't do that to her. If it's uncomfortable to her, just, just figure out what you can do to make that not happen. I can't say that I've ever uh, had the pleasure of meeting a uterus with my penis. We wouldn't figure so, given the it's way you've described four, four and a half inches yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. And, uh, that's uh, that's too long. Uh, Jeremy, yeah, do you have a larger penis than most? Uh, I don't know. I've never even never seen another penis but mine. You haven't. <laughs> you really got to get out there and start checking out penis. <laughs> you really don't know what you're missing. Put that in a drop, please. <clears throat> What's that? Nothing. Yeah, but you know, don't you think? Here's my uh, theory on the large penis. I think if you were the only man on earth, you would still look down and know how you were hung. You know <laughs> what I'm saying, Drew? I think a man that's has That's only a because you are the way you are. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Something just fell off the wall? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, you know what I'm saying, though? Wouldn't, yeah. Don't you think you would know? Like, if you had a, a, a penis the size of a uh, you know baby's arm and you look down there, or as opposed you would know uh, to a penis you, size you, of like a chapstick. Let's say I would assume you would know what it was supposed to fit with. What a funny penis you've got. It's very peculiar. You know what I'm saying? Is that Rod Stewart, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. He does have a funny penis, that Rod. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're, no. We're supposed to. I think I would know if I had a big penis. Yeah. yeah. Even if I was the only man on earth and I never saw another vagina or another penis, I think I would know. Right. Don't you think a guy should know? No, I think I a guy know. should know. Yeah. You don't think so? No. It's that damn uh, school you went to. <laughs> Dave. Hey. Hey, so wait a minute. Do we answer uh, what's-his-name's question? Just that he was going in too far. Ah, he has to use the Adam Carolla love grommet. Yeah, that's right. That batting donut you put on your penis. <laughs> it not only stops you from... Uh, uh, it actually would um, impede upon your depth, but it, it gives a little spring-back action, too, because uh, we make it out of a space-age foam. Dave? Yes? What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be 20 pretty soon, and I've never really had a girlfriend before. So, I mean, I had the, you know, the, the, the junior high kind of, you want to go out for two weeks kind of thing. That was about it. But uh, pretty much lately, I've noticed that every girl I've ever been slightly bit interested in, they'll, uh, like, they'll somehow either pick it up or... Someone might hint to them that I happen to like them, and they'll uh, they'll kind of turn around and act funny, and then I'll hear after like a couple weeks after I hear I hear that that they were saying stuff about me. Bad. Like I don't, I don't know I've never like that I that they feel intimidated by me. You're fat. Oh, no. Drew, please, you don't know that. What what what, what is it they're intimidated by? You know, well, I used to lift weights a lot. So I'm I'm not I'm not a little guy. I mean I'm like I'm about six foot. So you know I I, I built like a you know a brick house you know. Mm-hmm. And You're gay. No, you I'm Drew, not. would you let him finish talking have before you, have you been, assessing uh, your judgment? Are you aggressive or anything? No, actually, I'm very very timid around women. Mm-hmm. But just because I feel like I'd, I've never had the experience to you know, hey, how's it going? You know. 
So you, you have no skill with which to go up and ask somebody out or anything of that sort? Uh, pretty much, yeah. So it's not that you wouldn't want to, you just don't know how to? Yeah. Is there anything else keeping you? Are you afraid of a relationship? Well, I guess it kind of goes back to my mother and father. What's the deal? Uh, father kind of skipped out mm-hmm. back when I was nothing. And? I came up nine minutes later. Right. So, and then probably I'd say a good eight years ago, he showed up and said, I want to be a dad. Uh, and uh, that that so, every six months, hey, I'm buying you something to make you love me kind of thing. Uh, well, obviously it worked. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't, did it, Drew? No. It, no, so not sh- for me at all. It, what's going on in the background there, by the way? Background over here? Yeah, you driving a Zamboni or something? <laughs> no, actually they're scrubbing the floors at work. Oh, they're using one of those polishers? Yeah. Where are you working? I uh, probably shouldn't say if I'd like to be here tomorrow. What kind of place? Um, it's a, well, I'm in the manufacturing building of a corporation. Mm. Oh, what do you guys make? Come on. Uh, like medical hospital equipment. Uh-huh. Now, Drew, you, you make like uh, oxygen tanks and gurneys and pee buckets and stuff? No, actually, they make monitoring equipment. Ooh. It's like a like Beckman or something. That's high yeah. end. Yeah. And so, plus, you guys get to see... Here's what I'm guessing, by the way. You probably make a monitor that uh, technologically is on the same par with a Sony 12-inch monitor that you could buy at Circuit City for $95.99. But you guys get to sell it for $3,700 because it's going into a uh, hospital setting. Well, I, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I, know, I know how the game is played. All right, so anyway, Dave, here's the situation. You have no confidence. That's fine. Well, he's afraid of relationships, too, because of all that went on with his family. Yeah, but right now, he hasn't even got to the point where he's scared yet. I think he just has no experience and no confidence. I, I was in the same boat you were when I was 20. What, Dave? What? Uh, I'd just like to intervene that I, I still carry my Visa card. You get the Visa card. Virgin. He's a virgin. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, we're way out of the loop, Drew. Yeah. What's going on with the Visa card? Now we know. Hence <laughs> the V card. Drew still has his uh, American Express oh, card. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no wonder this guy Dave's not getting any dates. He's obnoxious. <laughs> All right, listen, Dave. I hate to make fun of a guy who could kick my ass, so I'm going to back off for just one second. <laughs> You, uh, there's really nothing we can tell you that's going to expedite this whole thing. You have to realize it's going to be trial and it's going to be error. And right now you're at a point where you don't have a whole lot of experience and women aren't real fond of guys who don't have a whole lot of experience. And how do you get experience uh, without getting shot down? And how do you, what's the fast way to cut through all the pain and misery and humiliation? No fast track. Yeah. Just get out there, start asking people out, they'll shoot you down, you come back stronger next time, then you start getting a few phone numbers, and they st- you start getting a few second dates, and you start building on that, and you get a little confidence, and before you know it, you're driving around a convertible uh, Corvette, mm-hmm. you got your shirt unbuttoned down your navel, and you're smoking brown cigarette slash cigars. He just he also though needs some more sense of himself, some greater sense of himself to be able to put out there. And I don't think that that's gonna be really tough for him to to have an ability to go up and make those initial overtures. 
I know, uh, but so, so really, what needs to do is maybe find sort of shortcuts in the in the in the intermediate term, like have friends set them up and just get yourself out there a little bit and start dating and start just just don't think of it in non-threatening terms. You're just going to go out and have fun, even groups of friends, that sort of thing. Some way to sort of break the ice and get you in the door a little bit. Right. Well, here's what I'm saying. You're going to take your lumps, but that's no all right. What. Yeah. No yeah. matter what. So what? You're supposed to take lumps as guys. As humans, you're supposed to take lumps. And the people that ultimately get what they want, whether it's business, dating, whatever it is. Took the most lumps. Oh, okay. You think? Yeah. I'm yeah. just... Uh, took a lot of lumps. I like anyway. to finish. Well, that's all. Rick. Yes, hi. You're 29. Yes. Uh-oh. Um, well... <laughs> What's going on over here? What? What's going on with you, Rick? Well... I'm sort of like in a similar case uh, as the previous caller because I'm, like I said, I've never had time um, to have a relationship. and um, Never had time? Well, I think what my problem is, and I'm going to take the gloves off on this one, I think what it is is I'm ugly and the women I'm attracted to are good looking. Mm. And because of this, I've been stampeding to every self-help book, uh, Things like how to be, you know, sensitive, compassionate, loving, nurturing, yada, yada, yada. Hmm. And I've been doing this very diligently. And much to my consternation, um, well, I found out women are pretty much like men, and they're only human. Uh, they're attracted to attractive men, and they're very, you know, succumbed by an appearance, just like most men are. Um Mm. Well, I beg so. to differ. Less so. There's Much just, less yeah, so. Less so than men, but th- there is that going on. Well, let me explain what women would like, Rick. And yeah. by the way, women's opinions or what they're attracted to changes as the years wear on. When you're dealing with women, let's say, uh, 13 to mm, 19, 20, it's pretty much pure lux. And why not? No one's doing anything at that age. You know what I mean? I mean, it's pretty much look slash style. I like a cool guy who's good looking. Slash availability. Right. All right. Quite down with availability. No. What do you mean availability? Neighbor in your class at school. Well, of course, they have to cross paths with the guy, Drew. That's a... Yeah, but people would not go uh, find a way to network out of their junior high school class, right? It's just people around you. Whoever... The the closest... the best-looking guy they could hit with a rock from their house. Yeah, but also some of that is, who is what everybody else decides is the best-looking guy or the nicest guy and that kind of thing. Too, All right. So. Now, as you get, as women get into their early twenties, they start looking a little more at like style, sense of humor, and that kind of thing, personality. But it's still a lot about looks. But as women get, ooh, let's say twenty-five, twenty-six, and up, uh, they're forgetting all about the look stuff. They're going with uh, what the guy does, uh, how the guy, you know, what the character of the guy is, personality, uh, vocation, that kind of stuff. So, Rick, even if you're the world's ugliest man, I mean, let's (laughs) wait a minute. We've had Rick Ocasek on the show. This is not a good looking man, this Rick Ocasek. And he's married to one of the most beautiful women on the planet. How did that work, Drew? What is that? Money, probably, as I think. Yeah, but you see, it's, it's not the, it's money. The, uh, what do you call your, your score? Yes, it's the number score. It's the uh, personal rating system. PRS, that's right. PRS. Now, here's the situation, Rick. It's easy for guys to say women are only attracted to guys with money. That's not true. It's not the money. It's what earned them the money that usually attracts the women. Women are attracted to 
to men who are rich, but the reason they're rich is because they've conquered the business world, and they really love that aspect of a guy. Or they're a successful entertainment business, or they're a, uh, are educated and have somehow parlayed that into, uh, into the money. It's not necessarily the money, but it's how, how they've gotten the money and that process that they're attracted to, the power that comes with it or that has come uh, before it. You understand, Rick? I think I'm in bigger trouble now. Because you're ugly and on welfare? Well, no. What it is is, see, I'm working right now, but the thing is I just graduated from college, right? And it's been a year since my graduation, and I have not found a job in this career field. So I feel, like I said, that's compounding to more depression and anxiety. I, yeah, like I said, I'm pretty much the, at the low point of my... Of this is what women don't like. Right, they, they, that desperate, that the, the stench of desperation. They, they well, want somebody I, who can I take care to, of them. I wore that for many a year, my friend. Yes, we both many have an unsuccessful dry year. I and wore the, the overcoat the, of desperation. They want somebody who can take care of them, not whom they have to take care of. This is a very good point. And, and it's, I'm it's, fascinated by Rick and his yeah, dilemma, though. Yeah, he's a nice guy too. No, I, I, he, he sounds like, like nice he's uh, sucking off an ether rag while he's but, talking. But and, and it's back to child rearing. Rick scares instincts. me a little bit. Is Rick Ch- scary? No, child rearing instincts. If you're a woman, you'd be frightened. Women are looking for somebody who can uh, keep the home right, stable. Listen, listen, listen. Let's uh, let's uh, biologically. That is. All right. Let's not turn back the um, the um, uh, the clock that far the in terms of the evolution <laughs> evolution of man. Let's just go to break. When we come back, I'm going to straighten Rick out. I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, lady, you better get back float. here. If you're not here when Love Line float. returns, they're going to be pissed. Float. 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 Hi, this is Rick Okasik, and you're listening to Loveline with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew. I swear to God it was Rick Okasik for about 20 years. Now it's Karsik? No, Rick Okasik. Kasik. Has it always been Rick Okasik? I mean, has it always been Rick Okasik and everyone has called him Rick Okasik? I guess so. I don't think he'd change. Eh, who knows? You know what I mean? Or is it like... Demi Moore and Demi Moore, or the Cannes Film Festival, which got changed to the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I don't think people would typically repronounce their last name, but suddenly in the middle of their life yeah, changes. You never know what these artists types. Yeah, that's true. And he could just be screwing with everybody. All right, let's go. All right. <laughs> Beth. Yeah, hi. Hey, you're 16. Yeah. Uh-oh. What's Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on a second, bath? Beth. I was supposed to finish off with uh, oh, yeah. Rick. Hold on a second, Rick. Beth. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. She had that little girl voice, though. You know yeah, but that? she is a little girl. I think she's like 14. We'll see. Okay. Rick? Yes. So, you're gonna, Adam's going to solve all your problems, apparently. Okay. I'm anxious to hear what he has to say. Well, first, I'm getting a, getting a kind of a vibe off your voice, Rick. Is everything all right with you? I mean, besides... Um, well, unlike the previous caller, I'm still a virgin. That always really compounded the problem of anxiety. Uh, I had had suicidal thoughts. Um, right now, I'm just thinking maybe I should just go to Vegas or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it's gotten to the point where I was. I, I said I was actually planning how I should. You know, if nothing happened by the time I was 30, 
and I should just, you know, call it quits, but I'd rather be having sex and love and in a relationship instead, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what it is to make Jenny McCarthy to return my phone calls or anything like that, but I don't think that's going to happen in the near future or mm, no. And and are you exceptionally unattractive or just mildly ugly? Um well, I, I don't have any open sores or anything like that. I'm just saying, basically, I'm sort of like, I'm like Costanza with a little more hair and a little slimmer. You know, just think of me like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Drew has no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, Costanza. I know, I know, but I, Drew, I, you I, don't. I, yeah, I know. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, wow. Drew is a, a part of uh, modern-day culture. Touch Drew has broken through that I thick think, veneer. I think. He's the apartment manager, or is he? No, he's the. <laughs> no, he's the uh, short, stocky friend of the uh, Seinfeld. All right, All right Rick. Mm-hmm. The point is, is don't worry about how to make yourself more attractive. Just worry about your life. Worry about your career. Get your get that stuff on track, and the woman thing will work its way out. Don't give yourself these um, uh, ultimatums and things like that. And certainly, don't flirt with suicide, please. There's nothing wrong with you. And, and find a way to work on yourself to to build up your sense of self-worth. Do things in your life that make you feel good. Work. All right. sorts of things. Don't gear everything toward getting laid. Or I'm have, have you that's an ultimate relationship. Because until you have something to offer in a relationship, it's not going to be probably what you want. Right. Wait, wait, wait. No, go to seven. Just go to seven. What happened to Beth? Just go to seven. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, it's Dickie. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing, Dickie? <laughs> How you doing, Doctor? Dickie. Dickie from uh, the Bostones, everybody. I, I call it the worst time, huh? No. <laughs> no. A real serious call like that, and then it's, hey, clowns, horn time. The Boston, Dan, and then, and then, and then, and then. Where you are you, Dickie? You're actually a little tired. I mean, I, well, I'm in Texas. Oh. This place can really wear you out. <laughs> I think you could... You could uh, wear yourself out in a Mormon church, Dickie. Everything, everything's big in Texas. Oh, okay, I How imagine. I've been good. I was called gl- to tell you I can't be on your show like I was asked. Oh, really? <laughs> what bad news, huh? Are you One sh- thing after another. What's going on? Um, I'm on the road with, with this Boston, big Boston tour. Right. And I wanted to come to the show and, and have you meet my friends from Boston. Right. But because we don't have much time in L.A., I'm not even going to be able to have breakfast or anything with you, buddy. Really? Yeah. Well, when do you get in? I don't know if that's good news or bad news. That's I'm bad not, news. I thought it was bad news, and now as I'm saying it, it sounds like you guys are relieved. Great. <laughs> now, we don't want you on the show, but I'd like, I'd like to watch you eat, Dickie. <laughs> Dickie. Dickie is so into cholesterol that he'll only take, uh, he, he likes bacon, but he only wants pigs that have been fed nothing but sour cream. <laughs> I like pigs that eat pigs. Right. He, want, he wants pigs that, that subsist Just off of bacon. talking about breakfast food. Well, Dickie, when you get in town? A um, couple days. Uh, end of this week, like Thursday, around that time. And when are you going back out of town? I'm blowing in and out. I know I'm all around the coast, but I, I, I don't have the thing in front of me. I, and I certainly didn't think I was going to be on the air. <laughs> but uh, but I, I want to say hello, and it's nice to say hi to Drew, too. Well, Dickie, it's certainly good to say hi to you. And Drew, go. Who's in there tonight? Just us. Just the love. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? We got. uh, You took my call. We got the insane clown posse coming in later on this week. Really? And Fiona Apple. That's pretty good, huh? But not on the same night. uh, Sugar Ray will be in tomorrow night, so we think. I'm the last guy you need then. 
Yeah, so that's true. I don't have to worry about you guys, huh? Actually, no, he's, he's covering. He's actually he's finally sold out. That's why he won't be on our show. Talking yeah. about talk about booking. I heard that, Drew. <laughs> I try to talk right over that. But Dicky. Yeah. Don't I mean just on a personal note, you will not have any time at all any any morning that you're in town where we can just um I can just go watch you eat. Dude, there's like a real small window and I'm going to try to give that to you. All right. I'll call you in like a day or two. All right. Well, when you call me this time, leave me a number where you're at. Oh, did I did I ramble and then not leave a number? <laughs> yeah, that's what you did. I was so amazed because I tried another number. I got this old lady's right. phone phone thing. What, what are those machines? What do they call those? Technology, you know I me. I think they call them answering machines. Answer. <laughs> it was an answering machine. I got this old lady's answering machine. I'm like, oh, that Adam. How's, how's he doing this voice? <laughs> what a sense of humor. I thought it was Mr. Cranky. What's your little character's name? Mr. Bertram? Yeah, I thought it was Mr. Bertram. Mr. Cranky. I got, Mr. Cranky. Got his wife. His broad's us. All right, Dickie, we're going to let you sleep. Good. Um, say bye, hi. Guys. Say hi to the rest of the Bostones, and just call me when you got it worked out, and I, I will, I will make it work, Dicky. Even if we guys. have to meet at a cheap motel for a blowjob, I will meet you there. I'll, I'll see you later. All <laughs> right, Dicky. Uh, hey, it's Dicky from the Bostones, everybody. All right, one more. Nice guy. Yeah, Beth. I'm not 14. Uh, all right, Beth. You're 16. I, I was protecting you from Adam. He's about to uh, dig into you a little bit. What's going on? Okay, well, I have a problem because I've, like, been with this guy for a year and a half, and I really love him a lot, but I kind of cheated on him the other night. Mm-hmm. Kind of? Well, kind of. I mean, I didn't, like, go have sex with somebody, but we, like, made out. How much making out did you do? Um, I don't know, a little bit. How much could you like the guy if you were doing that? Doesn't that sort of tell you that maybe you don't like him as much as you think you do? No, I do. What what base did you get to? What phase? What base? Oh, base. I don't know. Second. Is that? Did he get to feel you up a little bit? A little. A little. Mm-hmm. And does this guy know the other guy? Mm, kind of. He knows of him, and he's seen him. Uh huh. And where was the guy you love while you were uh, letting the other guy feel you up? At home. Uh huh. And where did he think you were? I was at work. Did you let the guy feel you up at work? No, he walked me in my car after work because it was at night, and a guy always walks a girl to her car. And there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of guys out there might feel you up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he just figured he he just monopolize your chest uh, <laughs> so that the rapist stayed away. All right, so you work with this guy. Yeah. And so he's gonna he's gonna want a little more. Probably. Yeah. Why do you feel that necessary? I mean, why do you why do you have to send that out to a guy you work with? Why I, do you need to be loved that much? I I didn't mean to. I didn't like try to like hit on him or anything. I didn't try to. Um, you knew he was interested in you. It. You knew he liked you. Why didn't you stop it if you didn't instigate it? I don't know. Okay. But I don't know. <laughs> but just admit this, would you, Beth? What? You, you knew the guy was up for it. Yeah. And you knew he was interested. Yeah. And you knew when you were talking about walking you out to your car that it kind of may be a little something. Maybe. So it was a little more premeditated than you'd like to admit. So? Okay. So here's your situation. Here's what I'm asking. Mm -hmm. Why are you so insecure that you need that kind of validation from a guy? Thank you. I don't know. My, I don't know. All right. 
Well, that's the kind of thing you need to examine before you get in a relationship. Well, I, I, I've been with the same guy for like a really long time. How long? A year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're not as into that as you think you are. Or maybe it's not the right time in your life to be in that kind of committed relationship. Yeah. And, and your your emotions, or at least your behavior, is giving you a message. I mean, actions sometimes say more than anything else, more than you're willing to admit to yourself. You know, even. one thing I will give uh, Beth, I will argue on Beth's behalf, is women don't actually have to cheat. They just have to let themselves be... Uh, cheated upon. Cheated upon. Yeah. I mean, it's not... When I say cheated upon, I don't mean the boyfriend goes out and cheats them. It's like... You don't need to actually go out and cheat. Just hold still. <laughs> Let the guy you work with feel you up a little bit. It's a much more passive way of cheating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when a guy cheats, he's got to buy some drinks. He's got to take a girl out. He, you know, he's really got to give it the old college try and make an overt effort. Women can cheat easily. All you got to do is, you know, stop sit resisting. in the car. Just stop resisting. Just stop moving for a second. Have a bee land on you. All right. Much easier for women to be cheated upon. And we'll be back. Why don't you try rapping at this time? Yo, yo, kick some flavor and stuff and love and line. I'll be right back in a minute. I'm sorry, that was really bad. You're just not street like me. Plum out of show. Not a bad show. I'll give it like a seven, six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half? Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, Sugar Ray may be in here tomorrow night, but we don't know. There's two question marks. Why is there a question mark after that, Lisa? She doesn't know. She doesn't know. All right. Well, maybe they're here, maybe they're not. You know, the beauty of me and Drew is uh, we'll be here. All right. We're out of time. That's it. God bless you for listening. Uh, and until next time, this is Adam Crowley for Dr. Drew saying mahalo. Hi, this is Adam. Please leave a message. I, I'm, I'm homosexual. I'm freaked out about it. I'm trying to be heterosexual, but I have these overwhelming homosexual feelings. This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are certainly opinions, that's for sure. If you'd like a written transcript of today's program, you probably should have written it down yourself. And if you did, we'd like a copy. Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This broadcast was copyright 1997 Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXPX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Obo. Obo, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. (laughs) This concludes another PodcastOne.com program.